On July 8, 2021, Jeff Corrigan, one of the co-founders of the Catholic Sportsman Show podcast, lost his battle with cancer and passed into eternal life. On today's Catholic Sportsman Show, with the help of our guests, we will remember Jeff's life and legacy and how much he meant to all of his family and friends. We will have excerpts of previous shows with Jeff included in today's broadcast. We miss you, Jeff. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May they rest in peace. Amen. Hey, welcome, guys. We're back. Catholic Sportsman Show podcast is back this week. And for the month of December, and uh, glad to see you guys here, and we have a special guest tonight. Um, before we begin, I just want to let our viewers and any new listeners, uh, listeners, because we are a podcast, if you're wondering how to find us, uh, you can find the show, Catholic Sportsman Podcast, on Apple Podcasts, okay? You can subscribe and like us and give us a review. You also can find us on SoundCloud.com, Podbean.com, YouTube, and soon to be on Google Podcasts. So I think we're getting branching out there and getting more places to find our podcast. So tonight, uh, what I'd like to do, oh, before we do that, let, I want to let you guys know, uh, or our viewers or listeners, um, we have a little, some people say, well, what are you about? Well, let me give you our mission statement. Where the Catholic Sportsman Podcast Show is where our love for sports intersects with our faith, values, and fellowship in the world of Catholic athletics and athletes. There we go. Okay. All right. All right. Welcome again to the Catholic Sportsman Show, and we are going to start off our our episode today, before we introduce our guests uh, with a, a prayer here, we're on 9-11, here at, at 8, 11 a.m. on 9-11. So for Jeff's memorial show, uh, we thank you, Lord, for this time together with his friends, Irving and Robert and Randy. And uh, we pray for our country and those who lost their lives on 9-11 also and their families. And we're just uh, grateful for this time together reflect on Jeff's life and his legacy. Amen. Amen. All right. So thanks again, everyone, for coming and joining us. And I'll, uh, we have Irving Bartakowski and Robert Miller, uh, who know Jeff. And um, we're going to um, just kind of kick it open here and let Robert and Irving share uh, how they met Jeff how they got to know him, and just do a little uh, introduction of themselves. I'm Irving Bartakovsky. I'm uh, Jeff's friend for many years. I think we met when we were about 17, 18 in that arena. And uh, God blessed us with the fortune of staying friends uh, all those years, all these years. And... Um, I don't know why, but we stayed friends and not because it was a bad thing or anything. We just liked each other and stayed friends. But Jeff, Jeff had that knack to stay friends with everyone for many, many years. He had that ability. And you met at USC? Is that where? Met at USC. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Met at USC and uh, 
to stay friends throughout all those years afterwards. Very close friends. Fantastic. And how about you, Robert? Uh, Hi, uh, audience out there. Um, My name is Robert Miller. Um, uh, I was a graduate student at the University University of Southern California. And and Jeff uh, and I met through some very interesting story. Um, But um, I I think that for Jeff, it, the same thing that uh, that Irving said that the, the connection ended up being a lifelong uh, connection with Jeff. Um, he I met him in his senior year, and I was a grad student, and uh, and we've kept connection um, from that point forward. And it's it's been a wonderful wonderful ride with Jeff, and I'm happy to to share some of those early stories. Um, but like I said, with with Irving, you know, Irving knew. Jeff, uh, well before I did, and uh, and and I, I every day I learn new things about Jeff. Awesome, that's great, great. to hear. And uh, oh, Randy, we'll let you handle the next section there. Well, I was going to say, just listening to you guys, I know Jeff seems to like to be the organizer, driver of your pretty wild ski. What did you think of his leadership skills and his enthusiasm? Yeah, I can, I can speak to that. Um, the um, so you know, g- going back to the early days with 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 Jeff. Jeff was an organizer. Uh, Jeff was an instigator, um, and Jeff was a motivator. And and it was for us. Um, you know, the people over time, when we were young um, students in, in our respective um, uh, positions, we, you, you have um, trying, trying to get people rallied together um, is, is, is a challenge. And, and Jeff was the conduit for that. Jeff was the, I'll call him the glue. You'll hear that a lot during this interview um, because he would bring people in together to organize an event that ultimately, even if it was not perceived at the time of the event, um, but I think in the memories of people, um, he understood um, that meaning and people treasure that now. And as Irving and I both understand, and um, it's been a, a, a wonderful ride with Jeff. Um, he was, you know, for me, uh, the connection with Jeff was a mutual love of skiing and and the University of Southern California, uh, and that was a connection that I think it's important to talk to your viewers about that because when you're meeting people, particularly in California, I think um, you have a lot of what we call acquaintances, and. In France, um, where I, I work for a French company and, and I spent a lot of time in Europe, um, you know, friends are, are, are really friends. And you maybe in, in Europe, you maybe have two, three, four people that you call friends. In, in California, we all call people uh, friends. And the level of connection with those people varies dramatically. But with Jeff, he was able to be that glue that would bring people together uh, and connect people of diverse um, backgrounds. Um, and, and it was, 
it was a really interesting time with, with Jeff. Um, and we, it was all revolved around sports uh, <laughs> at, at the initial point, point of our time. Uh, we, we, I met him on a ski trip. I, um, uh, we skied and that was it. I mean, we, we were, we became, just so you know, he's my best friend. Um, he was um, my best man at my wedding. I was his best man at his wedding. And it was, um, but it, it didn't evolve to that point, right? It was just so dramatic uh, with, with Jeff of our, our connection. Um, and I won't go into the, uh, the interesting um, uh, scenario uh, of meeting Jeff for the first time, and I, but I, I quite frankly, um, I was I was dating a, um, a a young lady, and and uh, I went up to Mammoth to go ski, and uh, I thought, okay, well, this would be a lot of fun, and she didn't bother to tell me that she invited all of her friends, ski friends, up to Mammoth at the time um, uh, to be with us, and I thought it was just going to be a romantic evening with. Uh, my 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 uh, my new uh, my new friend and I and Jeff showed up and quite frankly she didn't really actually know Jeff that well she he was just another one of the people that all showed up at at uh, at the condominium and uh, but Jeff and I hit it off and it's been a lifelong friendship this is you know we're talking now I'm gonna say 1981 maybe 82 and. And Jeff was the, the glue for a lot of people that didn't have a lot of connection to one another, um, but that that opened my my eyes um, to that connection, and and he kept that connection for many 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 years. Um, I traveled a lot in my business, um, and he was always there. And I, I, for for many of your viewers who um, younger viewers who recognize that social media you have instantaneous connection right and that's fantastic but um now i'm dating myself here um that people don't didn't have that connection back in those days um they were postcards um they were calling from pay phones hoping that your friend happened to be home um the, a lot of people just don't understand that uh depending on your age group um and so I think that back in those days, it was much more challenging uh, to keep friendships uh, because you didn't have that often con uh, connection. And Jeff was that glue in the pre-social media days. And then even this, in the post-social media days, he continued to make that connection. And that was what was so important to so many people that may have lost touch uh, with people. And, and Irving um, and I, you know, we knew one another in those early days, but we didn't always have that connection. But certainly the connection between Irving and I, which has become much more close in, in the most recent events, um, that was enhanced by, by Jeff Corrigan. It wouldn't have, yeah, this is Irving. And I agree with everything you've said, Robert, 100%. But I, Robert and I would not have a relationship if it weren't for Jeff. We simply would not have. Right. And to add to what Robert was saying, you know, the days before social media that we, as we know it today, um, it required effort. It required effort to connect. And Jeff put that effort in because he valued those relationships and did his entire life. You know, I met Jeff at 
uh, USC Trojan Hall freshman year. And uh, <laughs> I have to say, I think one of our first encounters where he, he, he met me and he said, you don't look Jewish. <laughs> and he said something like, I expected you to be wearing glasses with a long beard or something. You know, and I'm, I'm like the opposite of that in appearance. But, um, you know, you asked about Randy, you asked about his leadership uh, skills. You know, it wasn't like I think he crafted it. He just, he, 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 he was placed on his earth with those qualities already. And, you know, I was thinking as Robert was talking, like every good leader, he sort of found those really good things about you and he, and he made them evident to others. He pronounced it. As Robert was talking, he gave me the nickname, the kosher cowboy. He loved nicknames. He just did. He had his own and uh, he was known as the captain. <laughs> so, what up? Captain. But, um, Kosher Cowboy, because I love country music and I was Jewish. And so, they, and it works. But um, yeah, Kosher Cowboy. And he always just, he was very encouraging, always encouraging and always including, very inclusive uh, at a time when it wasn't a thing to be inclusive, at a time where, you know, uh, things were very separate, if you will, and maybe not so accepting of diversity in others. That, that, I don't think that ever entered Jeff's mind. I don't think that was the thing, you know. Um, he was he was just he was just uh, very encouraging and very uh, you know even when uh, you know we were here and we did a mock. Someone should find it somewhere. I don't know. He recorded it. We did a mock podcast. Oh. He wanted me to go on the show and talk about disabilities and uh, mental health in particular and we did this whole like hour thing um it's somewhere in his stuff i don't know but um even then you know he was just so um uplifting to me you know i wanted to talk more about it and, and reveal more because he was saying gosh you know so much and there's people that really want to know this stuff it's valuable information uh, but he was always like that yep. he uh you know it wasn't just sports for me Although he did teach me how to water ski, he taught me how to snow ski and became a pretty good water skier. I never really got to the levels of Robert and Jeff, though, in terms of snow skiing. But, um, and that's unfortunate. But <laughs> I missed out on some, uh, on, on some trips because of that. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, sometimes we would just, in college, you know, you do some partying and he was a guy that would say, come on, let's get together. Let's do this. Let's do that. And then um, when everyone sobered up a bit, he'd say, okay, we're going to go make a Tommy's run. And we'd go down to Tommy's and Rampart. He loved Tommy's. And the whole hall would just stink of chili for like a week. <laughs> we'd come back with our hands just dipped in chili, all our fingers. But um, those trips wouldn't have happened without Jeff. You know, those, those experiences would not have happened if Jeff didn't organize that and initiate that. He initiated all those fun, fun things, you know. Um, we used to have wine and cheese socials for the girls in the other dorm. And Jeff was integral in that as well, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, though it was sports, it was other connections. Uh, you know, I think about this too. 
my entire family knew Jeff. Jeff was part of my family. He was part of the fabric of the Bartikovsky family. Uh, my brother, even before Jeff's diagnosis, uh, diagnosis would say to me, you know, he's one of the best friends you have. He's one of the best friends that you have because I've always admired Jeff. I've always admired Jeff. Just a nice guy. And that's it. Jeff's just a nice guy. And um, at his funeral, there was a friend there of mine, Evelyn Bedalian, was Evelyn Oganessian, went to UCLA as we were attending Whoa. USD. I know, horrible, right? Wow. Guess what? <laughs> Jeff became friends with her through me. She was a childhood friend of mine. We went to high school together. And um, still connected with Jeff all these years. All these years like me. And she was there with her husband. I had told her about Jeff's passing and I gave her the information and she, she said, oh, I'm going to be there. You know, she goes, I'm just, I'm, I'm shocked. She was in shock about it all. She knew he had been staying here with me and um, that I was caring for him here at home. But, um, you know, she would call periodically just to see how he was doing. And uh, I think they talked a couple of times on the phone, but uh, it goes to show you the extent at which he sort of uh, became part of a lot of people's lives. And in particular, my family, I mean, literally my entire, and I come from a large family. My entire family knows Jeff. My nieces, my grandnieces, you know, and nephews, they all know Jeff. Um, it was just, I think, a few months before he got the diagnosis that my daughter Blue and I met him for a hike and lunch out in uh, Brea somewhere. And uh, that was just a deal. He'd say, hey, I'm going to hike. You want to come? I'm going to go Saturday. I said, sure. Blue and I will be there. And, you know, so my daughter got to spend a lot of time with him as well, which is really nice. That's great. So in terms of leadership skills, in terms of that question, yeah, you know, I think that he just had that innate quality about him. Uh, you know, putting people together, that networking piece. And then again, you know, really prior to social media, as we know it today, it takes effort. It yeah. took a lot of effort then to, you know, connect with people. We didn't have cell phones. We had landlines, you know, and you had to wait to connect with people. Um, postcards, like Robert was saying, letters. Um, imagine when he, before we had cell phones, getting all those people together, and Jeff would do this. He loved Oktoberfest and he would sort of organize this big Oktoberfest. And somehow we all met at the venue on time, right parking spaces, and got a table all together and partied the whole night and enjoyed each other's company. And that's a task. You think about it. Now I think, oh my God, how did it even happen? Because yeah. we, we rely so much on, on uh, you know, the way we connect today in terms of media and and cell phones and whatnot. I don't even think we had pagers yet, but <laughs> so it was difficult, but he did it. That was the guy, that was the Jeff. Yeah. Jeff was the, um, the social, social media platform um, that <laughs> we now have in Twitter and, and, uh, and all the other um, social media platforms. I, I, you know, the one thing I want, because I know this is a sports oriented um, uh, program. I just wanted people to understand a little bit about Jeff's um, 
athletic prowess, which led to his leadership skills and led to his um, ultimately his profession. Um, you know, I I was I started skiing when my father put me on my skis the first time when I was 18 months. Oh, um, my, my my father was a a ski bum um, back in the East Coast and all that kind of stuff. Jeff didn't start skiing until he was 17 years old. And I started skiing with Jeff in my uh, early 20s. And, and it was, he was basically at my level in that short time span. Um, and he just picked it up. And whether it be, uh, and I knew his prowess in the, in the area of, uh, 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 water skiing and uh, and he was uh, he would compete in all kinds of motorcycle races and that sort of stuff. He he picked up sports a, a lot faster than other folks. And and you know I mean, there's a lot of people that are athletically inclined. And uh, uh, but what was interesting with Jeff was that he translated that into uh, experiences that led to his life um, and his interaction with other people. And I don't know about whether your readers or your, your, your listeners understand, um, you talked about you know, some organi organizing the trips and I would, uh, I had lived in France for a while. I had lived overseas um, in other locations. And the first opportunity for Jeff to experience skiing in Europe, we skied, I mean, mind you, we, we skied in, in, in California. Jeff and I were caught in an avalanche um, in oh, Mammoth, wow. Mammoth Lakes. And, uh, and wow. so we had, a, a, we were not skiing the runs. We were skiing in the backcountry. We were hiking into areas that probably were not the most um, best places to be um, uh, and we would literally backpack out bring in our, our gear and um, and set out in a tent and then every morning we'd hike up a ridge and we'd ski down it and so he mind you he, he started skiing at 17 years old I mean and but he was doing this backcountry skiing and then it gravitated into our experiences overseas and the um, the first trip, um, we, we had these regular trips um, starting in uh, our first trip that we organized was in 1989 in France. Um, it was both our respective first heli ski trip, which was in 1989, that was, you know, heli skiing Whoa. was not exactly something um, well known. Um, and an interesting anecdote to that was that at the time, and I think to this day, that France, um, um, bans heli skiing in all in the entire country of France. They have environmental concerns, what have you. And so the um, the guide that we had hired uh, in skiing in Chamonix said, "Well, we can go heli skiing, um, but the helicopter has to pick you up in Switzerland and drop you off right on the border of Switzerland and France, and then we ski back into France." And and so. Yeah. We literally um, were standing on a roadside, like a turnout that you would see in a, in a standard <laughs> turnout for a car. And the helicopter landed. This is my first heli ski trip with Jeff and me and both of us. And the helicopter picks us up, drops us just <laughs> from the Swiss border and then leaves. 
and then we ski. Um, uh, I'm sorry, we're on the, on the Swiss side, and then we ski into France, right? And there's nothing they could do about it because we were we were not heli skiing in 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 uh, in France, and and you know, it was just one of those kind of like that. I felt like a smuggler or something like that, and and we were we were so ecstatic about that um, that experience. The next year was followed up by a trip to Austria in 1990, where it was our second mutual heli ski trip together, uh, where we we heli skied. I, I, mind you, this is well before you know people um, are are were heli skiing a lot, and. Um, and then along those lines, as a side trip, we went to the Berlin Wall, which had only the 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 wall had come down only a couple months after we arrived there, and so Jeff and I were literally uh, there. There's vendor, we'll call them vendors, um, people trying to make money. They're selling um, East German uh, uh, gear. I I currently have a, a, a East German border. Uh, patrol guy's hat that I bought from him because they were all trying to make money. They didn't know what was going to happen. And Jeff and I literally took a sledgehammer um, with a chisel that these guys would provide and we would chip out pieces of the Berlin Wall. At the oh. time that it just, I mean, wow. a small section had just come out and uh, and I might add that um, the, the section that, <laughs> that Jeff chose to cut out because mind you, there's a lot of graffiti all over the walls at the at the tail end of the of the East German rule. Um, he chipped out a section that had uh, cardinal um, uh, cardinal and gold spray paint, which I just thought that was kind of funny because he's he grabbed a section that had I don't know what the inscription was, um, you know, denouncing obviously the prior regime, <laughs> but but he has a piece. And when I went through Jeff's personal belongings, um, when I uh, was at his house before before he relocated, that was a piece of concrete with cardinal and gold um, paint from the Berlin Wall. Oh wow! And, yeah, and and so you know we saw it. We were there. I mean, the the exuberance of people. You know that that changed Jeff a lot. I mean, we went we went to. Um, you know, the next year we went to British Columbia um, and I had been there before. Uh, Jeff and some of the other guys had never seen um, Whistler Blackcomb. Quite frankly, none of them actually get to see Whistler Blackcomb because the entire time we were there, it was a, a whiteout snowstorm, which we had fantastic powder conditions. Jeff to this day, has no idea what Whistler Blackcomb looks like. Um, <laughs> all it is is a white, you know, uh, you know, uh, white snowstorm. Um, and then the year following, uh, we went to France, and we went on an international group that involved Swedes, Danes, Germans, and French. Um, and we were all put together with a group, and we went from ski area to ski area using the lift tech, lift uh, lift uh, network. Um, but we would go to a different place and they would they would carry on our gear. And uh, ultimately Jeff appeared in a German magazine um, called Stern Magazine, which is Stern Magazine is, if you will, kind of like the life magazine of America. Um, they would, you know, glossy photos and what have you. And Jeff is in this cover story um, showing him 
uh, hiking up this precarious ridge um, because there was a German reporter and a, a photographer on our trip. Um, he was there, we skied on you know, to Italy and Switzerland and what have you, um, you know, many, many other trips after that. But I, and I tell you this long story only because uh, Jeff understand that he, he learned to ski in 17. He was teaching skiing um, professionally and he learned this, had this love of teaching that I, I personally believe from his sports experience um, that he learned to, to love to teach. And, and that translated later also um, in addition to teaching skiing to teaching English as a second language. And because of all of his international experiences, he could relate to his students. Mm. And, and he, he could tell, he had Spanish students, he had French students, and, and he could tell stories um, because of his experience. And, you know, it's one of those things where he was completely inclusive. He didn't have, he, he, and that those experiences in, in, in Europe and, and around the globe um, translated with his students and, mm. and he would take them once again, the organizer, the leader, he would take them to, they were, you know, they're coming from overseas, take them to Catalina Island and Disneyland and all the, all the things that are the iconic things that, you know, we are in America, you know, tout and what, uh, overseas folks, um, revere and want to see. And he would organize all that kind of stuff. And I really think that his experience in that regard was so was so valuable, and he passed it on to other folks. Absolutely, Robert. Um, you know, you're talking, and just you know, it spurs a whole bunch of other thoughts. Jeff was a natural athlete, just a natural athlete. I mean, that guy was his body was built to be an athlete, and he made everything look so easy when he did it. But he also was a natural teacher, I think, way before. You know, I was thinking about when he taught me how to water ski. He was so encouraging. You know, I didn't feel embarrassed. Didn't, and even when I wanted to give up, he was like, no, come on, try it again. Try it again. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. You're going to you're going to get up. I couldn't get out of the water. And uh, sure enough, I did and just loved it once I did it. And he was saying, you're going to love it once you're up. You're going to love it. And I did. And um, so, you know, he was a teacher then. He was absolutely a teacher then. And he was absolutely a leader then in that regard. Uh, I love that he eventually became, as you know, I, I started in education, still really am, but um, that, he, that, that was his chosen career afterwards, you know, that that's where he fell into. Uh, it was like uh, meant to be, it was meant to happen. And he, he would talk about his students often. He really enjoyed what he did. He had a, definitely an affinity for it. And I think uh, he enjoyed it because he was good at it too. And he was able to make those connections. And, and Irving and I know that, that two of his students included um, Mary Bono and Sonny Bono. So Mary, Mary Bono. Um, I have a horrible story to share, but I'm going to share it. So... I don't know if you all know this, but Jeff had a horrible crush on Mary Bono for many years. He was in love with her, infatuated with her. She was Mary Whitaker at the time. In at the time, she was Mary Whitaker in college. And um, 
it was no secret. Everyone knew he had, you know, and and they had they would banter. They had some sort of relationship going on to what depth I don't know. But um, this is many years. Uh, I'm up in Idaho skiing. This is many years later. We're at a college for many years. And before my trip to Idaho, we had he had shared with me that he was going to go on a skiing trip with Mary and Sonny Bono. And so after a day of skiing, I meet my uh, wife at the time and my sister at a restaurant. And that was the plan. We're going to meet there. And I walk in and my sister says, oh, my God, you're safe. You're OK. And I'm like, why wouldn't I be? And she said, you haven't heard the news. Sonny died. He, he was in a horrible ski accident. My first thought was Jeff killed Sonny. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> to be with Mary. <laughs> and I'm frantically calling Jeff. I want to make sure he's okay. You know, <laughs> turns out he didn't go on the trip after all. He did for whatever but reason. Was, but he was actually, um, um, the story was Jeff was driving up to meet Sonny and oh. Mary to, to, to ski with them. Right. And mm. so on he's Jeff is driving up there to in, it was up in the Tahoe region um, to go ski. And uh, and and then he gets the word. And, and oh, well, so, yeah. So yeah, he, I, don't, I don't remember that. He, piece, he, but, he, he was he yeah. was going up there to talk to to teach them again. And and upon right. uh, unfortunately, Sonny's and he loves spending time with them. You know, he really did. But it's just a silly story because my first oh. thought was. Oh my God, he's killed Sonny to be with me. <laughs> but of course, he never would. It was just me being silly. But uh, yeah, it was a. Yeah. Well, those are great. One, one, one thing I wanted I wanted to uh, tell tell your your audience is that um, in all the trips that we went overseas, um, it, and I I think that quite frankly um, that. Europe is a much more religious um, uh, community there. They're, 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 they, they have a lot of uh, longstanding traditions. Um, and whenever you're skiing in Europe, there are churches everywhere. And I don't mean, yeah, okay, in the, the quaint villages, all the photos that you see and all that kind of stuff, the onion domed um, churches of Austria and what have you, and the cathedrals, but they build churches and religious icons everywhere oh and and literally on the side of 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 mountains i, I think in historically you're you're building them in in very remote locations because from a protection standpoint because you didn't want to be attacked um back in the day mm. um and and so from a protection standpoint so they would and, and then it may also as i've read be something that to make the the pious you know hard to get to the church so you had to struggle um as part of your sacrifice to go to the churches and and, and these are these are hikes like you can cannot imagine and jeff and i would ski in a variety of european countries and we would um we would find these churches on precipices that were just extraordinary i mean oh, wow. this architecturally you know and engineering wise given the the engineering expertise of the day um how they even built it there but it's the only 
um, area of, of the world that I've experienced where I've literally walked in to a, um, a, to a church with my ski boots on um, because the only way to access these religious locations was to um, ski in, in certain times of the year. Oh, wow. In the summer. And, and, and so Jeff and I would, would go to the, they're, they're fantastic. I mean, photography wise, it's just, it's just a, a dream for a photographer. Um, and not, not only just churches, but also these religious icons that would be these statues in the middle of nowhere. I mean, out, huh. out on these back areas and, and Jeff, it was like a, uh, you know, like a firefly to the light. I mean, he would, you know, we would be look. I'd be looking at my line. Where am I going to ski? I don't want to get in this avalanche area here. We've got to do this. That. And Jeff is standing there mesmerized. Um, by, and they, they were mesmerizing. I, I don't want to deflate from that. Um, that there, there are these, um, you know, signs of, of Christ on the cross, um, various worship areas um, in the middle of nowhere. I mean, huh. it's, it's just an amazing thing. And Jeff, I know talking with Jeff that had a big impact on his, on his life and, and his love for skiing in Europe, because quite frankly, I can't say that I've ever skied in a ski area in North America where, where I saw some religious icon out in the middle of nowhere. Huh. And you see them everywhere, everywhere in Italy and France and Switzerland. Um, so that was one of those things that, that I saw that was my first probably impression because I'd never really talked about religion with Jeff. And that was the first really time that I started to see that he had this deeper connection with religion and, um, and that affected him a lot and uh, in a good way. So, yeah. And you know, religion for Jeff was super important. I, I have to agree, but at the same time, you know, it was kind of private for him too. Yes. He didn't, he didn't tell you about, oh, I did this or I did that. It would just come up in conversation, what he was doing or what he was, you know, it wasn't, he wasn't out to impress you with his, uh, you know, his dedication to his religion or anything like that. Um, I was always impressed by it. And he was never, you know, he never tried to sway you or, or, um, right sell his religion upon you or anything like that but i was always impressed by his dedication and his faith um i remember him having a conversation we were having a conversation and he was upset that will hadn't been going to certain not wanting to go to services with him because they would do it together online um you don't know how often but it, it seemed like a lot and he was like yeah he's just really reluctant he's not wanting to do it and i i'll just give him a space you know um but I was always impressed with how dedicated he was to it, to his religion. And, uh, you know, even when you were in the hospital and I, um, his first hospital stay, and I said, you know, we're going to beat this, buddy. We, we got this. And he just looked at him. He said, whatever God decides, he said, to wow, you know, whatever God decides. That's and I was like, I, I'll be honest. I wanted to get him and shake him and say, no, <laughs> mm -hmm. we're not doing it that way. We're doing right. it highway we're gonna fight this thing you know? <laughs> but um but of course i respected that but even then you know even in the faith the face of all that just hey 
it's God's will. It, we're we're going to do what God wants. So, yeah, I, and I was, I was the last person to actually be able to speak to Jeff before he passed. And uh, it was, um, to, in retrospect, it was an eerie comfort that he had. You know, for, for me, you know, at the time, knowing it, the diagnosis and that sort of thing, you know, it, it would freak me out. I mean, I, I just, I don't, and, and Jeff, you know, I always try to keep things light with Jeff um, because he was getting unending questions about his health condition and all that kind of stuff. And so we would talk about to his dying day. He was talking about, you know, USC's prospects for the year and why Clay Helton should not be the coach and that sort of thing. And, and so that was, um, yeah, he, he had that, uh, ability um, to divorce himself from his current situation and uh, but he, he he certainly had this this sense of calm that I don't know that I would ever uh, have in that situation myself and I attribute that to his religion absolutely Robert you're right you know um, as you're saying that he'd be here in the backyard and just listening to a Dodger game or and just really into it and I'm thinking wow like you Robert I think I'd just be freaked out and not be able to be present and not be able to have that sort of calmness but he did yeah. he really truly did and then you Robert you were so wonderful because you were always so encouraging with him in terms of future plans oh, yeah. and he and he 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 followed it you know he would follow you down that pathway you'd say oh we're going to go up the big bear and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and he said yes we are yes but we no, are feeding on his desire to plan the next trip yeah and um again my mindset i couldn't be there i don't think I, but jeff was jeff allowed himself to like you said robert divorce himself from the present that diagnosis and just kind of live in that moment and live with that uh, like he always did. I don't think it, you know, he allowed it to be a thing, if you will. Mm. Although it was, it was a huge thing. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I did want to throw in a little note and I, I don't mean to impede upon the, the interviewers here, but I did want to point out that, that, that Jeff was, you know, very much a family man. Um, his, he's incredibly, um, you know, proud of his son, Will, who is apparently doing really great um, this season in football. And that was obviously a passion of Jeff's. And, um, and, and so that was something that whether it be a football or scouting, I mean, Jeff jumped into those endeavors for his son, but it was not I mean, obviously, you know, a father and son situation is always important, um, but um, but it was nothing. It was no different than anything else that Jeff did. I mean, he jumped jumped into things um, in this regard full force. I mean, he was he was up at the um, the Harwood Lodge, which is a uh, a uh, old uh, um, stone edifice lodge up near Baldy. Um, and up there, you know, multiple weekends rebuilding and, and taking care of things for the scouts so that they could go there oh. and, 
to be a part of that and, and enjoy that outdoor life. And, uh, and Will um, is still on the road to an Eagle Scout badge, which would be phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, that's important to Jeff. Um, and, and so he, he had that sense of, uh, uh, of bringing in uh, other groups that I, you know, I honestly, I was not involved with a lot, but when I went to his memorial service and the entire football team, it was there. Um, the entire scout troop was there. Um, that's a testament to his character. And yeah, that's a yeah, great, great summary. And uh, you guys really covered the gamut of so much of Jeff's life. Um, you know, one thing that Randy and I were reflecting on after the memorial service is that you know he was a connector and now he's gone right and now it's up to us to pick up the flag and, and keep keep working it um and uh you know thanks for sharing i mean the show is a catholic sportsman and jeff actually came up with the name of the show because he really? modeled it after um what was that uh American Sportsman, remember that old show on ABC right, so. Sports? <laughs> so that's how he kind of reworked it. It's like, oh, okay, that sounds good, Jeff. But he, <laughs> I was just thinking of this story, but he asked me to be Will's confirmation sponsor. And so he came up with this idea to say, hey, why don't you spend some time with him and get to know him? And he needs to practice his pass plays. So I had to try to cover Will and just try to do small talk and it was a lot of fun. And I was so impressed how good of a quarterback Jeff was. He was really good. I mean, I've seen him play softball. He had his own softball team, of course, that he organized, but he was a great quarterback. So, uh, but then he integrated faith and sports just right in that yeah. amazing intersection. Right. So, um, but yeah, no, thanks a lot uh, for sharing all of your stories and, and Randy, I, I, if you want to add anything else before we close, I mean, this has just uh, been a beautiful journey. Happy yeah, day. Well, yeah, I just want to thank Robert and, and Irving for sharing all these wonderful stories of Jeff and his life and, and just his witness of sports and, and faith and, and just his love of people. Yeah, I, thank I you. appreciate that, Randy. And Randy, I, I would say that um, for any of your viewers, if you want a small seven minute window into Jeff's life from um, at least my perspective, um, you know, give, give them an uplink to the, um, uh, to the YouTube video that I put together. Uh, and it, it's a very short thing, but um, you'll, you'll see things about Jeff that I think you'll, um, his travels, his commitment to teaching, his, um, all, of the, all the friends that he made over his life. Uh, yeah, spend, spend those seven minutes um, for those of you that knew Jeff and, um, uh, and even those who did not, um, you'll see an, an amazing person. And uh, Paul and Randy, I want to thank you guys uh, for this opportunity. You know, I have to say, um, as we were participating in all this, you know, um, I think we go through life sometimes. I mean, I certainly do. And you have a friend like Jeff, you have someone in your life that just is there and, but they're not just there. And you get to relish it at these moments, at these times when we're able to reflect and think, 
it's not like you take them for granted, certainly not. You appreciate their friendship and that's why you stay friends. But when you think about how much that person was a part of your life and for how long, mm-hmm. it's very daunting. And it's not like you take it for granted. You just assume they're always going to be. You know, you're always going to, you can't look into the future and think, how is this relationship going to end? Who's going to die first? That doesn't happen. But in this instance, Def, Jeff did uh, meet his maker before Robert and I. But I just sit back and I think, wow, a lifetime of memories, a lifetime of experiences together. And uh, now we just get to ponder them. And we're not going to experience those again until we meet again, which I'm confident we will. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I guess the message here for your listeners, for ourselves, is uh, know that it's, it is a time frame. It is a snapshot. It is a picture. It is a postcard. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And then you don't realize how much you actually missed a person too until you stop the wheels of daily life and uh, ponder that. The following is a clip from Jeff's last Catholic Sportsman Show podcast. Our guest was Chad Cheremy, former football player who is currently in the seminary studying to be a priest all right um hey uh, i know randy will probably lead us in a closing prayer and i just want to say something and just we are truly blessed as the the catholic sportsman podcast show to have you here you've been extremely um just uh, motivating um you know, and you're talking about your story, your conversion story. I, I, we, you know, I see the Holy Spirit has so moved you and just wanted to thank you. And, and, and we are blessed that you're speaking to our audience and uh, just wanted to share those things before uh, Randy, Paul, did you have anything else to kind of let him know before we end the show today? Yeah, no, no. Echo your thoughts. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure to be with you all yeah. tonight. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, we you know we will pray for you for yes. your journey oh, specifically. You. <laughs> uh, and you talk about community. Randy and Paul and I all came came from a community of young adults ourselves. So hearing about how you have a passion of reaching the the, the young adults. And our community is still thriving to this day as older adults. Yes. So uh, <laughs> we will definitely uh, share your story with them. And they, the, the outreach of people that will be praying for you, I know, is, is uh, God's grace. So uh, we will be with you. Oh, thank you all so much. I, I really do appreciate this. Uh, this is a great opportunity for me to share my story. And you know, all the other stories I've shared through other podcasts and Truth Pop podcasts and National Catholic Register, you know, the amount of emails that I receive, you know, it's people asking me questions and just saying like, oh my God, I'm praying for you. It's, I, I feel that, you know, yeah. I yeah. feel that. I feel the prayers that are being prayed for me now because uh, people like you just give me the opportunity to, you know, 
share my struggles, but also, you know, see that, you know, through the suffering and the passion that we go through in our lives, we are able to experience resurrection. Uh, so thank you all so much for allowing me to, uh, to do this. This is, this is amazing. Thank Great. you. Cool. Yeah. Randy. Sure. Lord, we thank you for our dear departed friend, Jeff. We thank you for Robert and Irving and all the wonderful stories that we've heard about the witness of Jeff's life and the love that he shared with all of us, and all of his friends and his family. We pray for our listeners that this remembrance of Jeff can lead them towards you and towards the love that we all share. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Randy. Randy. All right. Thanks again, everyone. And uh, we will uh, we'll stay in touch and try to upload that link for the video. Jeff was a devoted friend, a wonderful father, and a tireless witness of the love of Jesus. I will miss him immensely. But the friendship that Jeff and I cultivated is not over. We will continue it in eternity. Rest in peace, my friend. I will miss you tremendously until we meet again. <laughs>